So when you have your lights on, if you have a can light on or if you have a spotlight on, it's going to look orange. It's because it's a different color temperature than the natural light that's coming in the room. But when you kill all those and you take a picture with just the natural light, everything's going to look better just regardless. So start start there and turn the lights off. <laughs> the Wingnut Social Podcast tips from a pro photographer with Stephen Carlish. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating digital influence into physical success. This is your social media tightly fastened. Now welcome the host of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell. Hey there, Wingnuts, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I am your host, the Grand High Poobah of all Wingnuts, Darla Ann Powell, and I'm joined by the... Your middle name is not Ann. Wait, right minute. Whoa, it's whoa, whatever whoa, whoa. I want it to be. I thought it was be. Jethro on the last one. I just want it to be long. Is that so wrong, Natalie Ann Graff? It's Julia. Your middle name is Julia. Shh, quiet. I'm just saying. I know. That was my dad's mother's name, I think. You don't even remember. Darla Jethro Powell. There you go. And how the hell are you today there, ornery orangutan? Oh, I can't complain. You can't complain. Well, wait, I can. I'm having to do mini And yet you do it on the hour. <laughs> I'm having to do mini sod. I mean, I'm in protest. Yeah, you can't even do a maxi sod, much less a mini sod. I don't know what I was thinking. I know. What were you thinking having me as your co-host? I'm really Clearly sure. I wasn't. Maybe, but you... maybe we should like re revamp this, change oh, things. I'm taking applications for co-hosts. I already have a couple of people who have applied, by the way. <laughs> I know. I do know this. We I, won't name any no, names. No, we won't name any names. But some. I, I think it was even <laughs> as much as what if Natalie went missing? Yeah. What if, if something, I'm just saying, hypothetically speaking, if Natalie were to disappear, <laughs> I'm not saying, just, just saying what if. Okay. Just a what if? Yeah. Who would you get as a co-host? Well, maybe yeah. you could just have guest co-hosts and I could like skate on you for a couple of episodes. No, I think I'm telling you, I think you're stuck like glue. I mean, stuck, stuck like, like Chuck. Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> stuck like Chuck. That's kind of where I was headed with that one. Natalie and Graf. A lot of designers come to Wingnut Social. For tips. For tips. Social media. For us to manage their accounts. Right. And Many of them, not all, have surprisingly poor photography for their projects. And, and we all know mm -hmm. that photography is very important. But it's hard to know what it is that we're looking for. What do we need for our photography? If we're going to hire a professional photographer, you know, that does interiors, is what do we look for? Can we get someone that does real estate? I mean, where no, do we? Where do we? Supposed how to. do you know? That's where we started. How well, we still use one sometimes. But I'd like to point out something that our lead designer Johanna Marah pointed out to me. Johanna has used this for our advantage as well when we were. Back in the trenches learning how to do all this good stuff. Oh, because we're such experts now. Yeah, two years in. <laughs> I'm just saying. So it's just something that she did. It said she went and she would look up the photographer that we would think about using. And then she'd see what magazines they were published in. And then they'd, uh -huh. she'd see if they could take, you know, the full room shot. And then she's like, and then I'd look and see if they could do little vignette shots. Mm. And she'd check out their Instagram. And so she would kind of stalk them a little bit and just see if we would be a fit. 
Well, you know, and it's funny that you point that out because a lot of interior designers are thinking of the big picture room scale, gorgeous, look at the photo thing. But it's like Vanessa Helmick said when she was on the episode, and that'll be in the show notes. Thank you, Jonathan, very much, is that you don't need to do the whole big grandiose picture. You can do seven linear feet of real estate. I was going to say yeah. that. I remember that. That stopped. And do the the little vignettes, the close-ups. And that's something, again, that our lead designer, Johanna, looks for. And Believe it or not, even some really well-renowned, um, touted interior photographers don't specialize in that because that format, all those vignettes and all those close-ups, they're used in magazines, but they're really used um, prevalently on social media, like really a lot. And that's a relatively new kind of thing, even though it's not new, but it's newer for some of these professional photographers. So it's hard to find a pro you know, magazine level, portfolio level photographer who's also really good at those vignette shots. So that's an important thing to think about. And we've hired some amazing photographers who work for us that still have been challenged with some of the vignette shots. Johanna really has that eye for that vignette shot and and what needs to be taken in the room. And it's so funny to listen to her explain to the photographer exactly how she wants it done, because in her head, in her (laughs) mind, she has it. And to explain it, it, sometimes it's hard to find both. Well, that's why her brother, Ethan, and Mariah is going to do our photo shoot for the next one because he's a pretty gifted photographer and he is a newer photographer. So he's getting his teeth cut on some of the interior design and shots. And sister is very bossy and bosses him around. It is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's the gold because with her coaching and his photography skills together, you know, she feels really comfortable saying, no, get this, get this angle, get that angle. And he shot for us before and done a really good job with her, you know, instruction and, and guidance. So that's a nice combo. It is. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the photo shoot at the end of this month, which is we're recording this May 20th. We- we can put Johanna on loan if someone wants to borrow her to boss Ethan, Ethan around. <laughs> no, we cannot. We cannot spare Johanna. <laughs> no, it would have to be a day, a flight out, a flight back. <laughs> no, no, we need her. No, she ain't going nowhere. I, I totally take that offer off the table. So, Wingnuts, let me tell you a little bit about today's expert guest. His name is Stephen Carlish, and he is one of the said professional photographers. He's been published in Architectural Digest, Veranda, El Decor, House Beautiful, and other top shelter magazines. Stephen has considered consistently helped interior designers pitch stories to get published, so important, in local, regional, and national publications for over 15 years. As a former architecture student, Stephen learned how to see space in an orderly way. That education has been invaluable in his pursuit of photographing interiors. He grew up traveling the world, living in Asia, Italy, and spending his formative years in Brussels, Belgium. Hey, Nat. Hey, I know. Maybe he's met some of your family over there. Possibly. Today, he works with the top interior designers throughout the United States to help elevate their brand assets for coffee table books, editorial features, and visual archives. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Stephen Carlish to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Stephen Carlish. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you? Hey, Darla. How's it going? And Natalie. How are you doing back there? Hello, hello. How are you? It's going great. And you know what? In full transparency, which is our motto here, this is not the first time we have spoken on this podcast. We go way back. Uh, yeah, we go way back. We're like old besties because our first interview, uh, something happened in audio world. The co- cosmic rays came down and decided, nope. And you know what? Everybody has to have a first. So why not, you know, Stephen was the first. Yeah. So here I am emailing. I'm like, um, I'm afraid I have some bad news. We're going to take up another hour of your life. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what can we do? So much has happened in the last month. I have 10 new followers on Instagram. So, you know. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. 
Awesome. Well, you'll get another 10 from this podcast. Yes, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, right. I was telling the wingnuts that um, a lot of our potential clients for social media come to us and uh, you'd be surprised, and I'm sure you wouldn't be, how many interior designers in the business have relatively f- poor photography for their portfolios and for their projects. So we wanted to dive in a little bit for designers on how to improve that, what it is they should be looking for in a photographer, you know, what angles, what lighting, what, you know, what are some things, some standards and best practices just to make sure that their photography is up to snuff? Besides calling you, because, you know, the baby, <laughs> that, the baby, that is the one ba- of our yes, solutions. The baby, yes. the I baby can only designers. do so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you can't be all things to all people all the time. So we want to leave some of the wingnuts, some uh, takeaways and some tips as far as to improve their maybe even their existing photography which I know is hard but going forward when when it comes to shooting and choosing a photographer what it is they need to look for for the interior design industry because Natalie and I were going over how hard it is to find someone who's an expert in shooting interiors but also an expert at shooting for the marketing and the social media side and using the you know the vignettes and the smaller photos there so we're going to get into all that yeah and, think, and exactly how should a designer uh, begin to navigate that process yeah so we're where do you where do you recommend starting? If I'm a designer and I'm like, oh, my photos are kind of crap. I really want to designer. I'm just yeah, you know, hypothetically speaking, let's say I was a designer. <laughs> my photos are crap, and I really need to you know buckle down on my photography. Where do I get my foot in there? How do I start looking for a professional photographer, and what am I looking for? Well, uh, let's see. There's there's a lot of answers to these questions, and and first off, I would say if if you're a designer and you're just uh, looking at your work and trying to uh, kind of reach a different audience or maybe kind of get to a more professional level of of images i would I would really just try to define like the look that you're going for in your in your images with is is it do you want something that looks like it's on the pages of El decor do you are you more of like a you know traditional style or you want more lifestyle like like kind of start to think about what defines your brand in terms of images, and then start seeking out the photographers that kind of create those types of images that are on easy to find on Instagram or or find websites and just Google searching and look who your competition uses. And I would, I would say, you know, look around the state, look around your, you know, your city or state, even look nationally. I travel all over the country to shoot. I know a lot of photographers who do. And once you find somebody, it's really easy to bring them in. You know, if you might want to gang up two or three shoots in a row, bring somebody in from New York or somebody in from California or somebody in from Oklahoma or Texas or whatever. So look, look around. That's Stalk. great advice because we'd actually, I did that. I stalked some of my competitors and I can't remember who was using, but our, our last photo shoot was shot by Robin Hill and I saw his little um, credit down at their photos. I'm like, oh, this looks pretty sweet. So I gave him a call and he works at New York and Miami and he did our last photo shoot for us. So that is really good advice. That worked out well. And, you know, I was able to see his portfolio and see how he shoots and does it suit our aesthetic. And that kind of makes us like a creeper or a stalker. You know, it's a creeper, but it's a creeper for good. Okay. I like it. <laughs> You know, I noticed too when I when I when I search on Instagram, if I look at designers um, in a certain in a certain area, and I start to notice, oh, they all are kind of using the same two photographers, and then I'll figure out, okay, these are the two or three photographers that kind of shoot this style in this neck of the woods. So um, it's 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 really easy to find. Obviously, you have the professional eyes that see, but you know, in the designer's eyes, what what should we be looking for um, in that when we are stalking somebody? I think it just really depends on if you are the designer that wants to get published, then I would look for photographers that get published. And I would look for the ones that shoot for the types of magazines that you want to be in. Um, They're going to have sort of their, their finger on the pulse of what the, what the aesthetic is for, you know, that market and what the, what the magazine is looking for or the designers that they work for. 
do so they can kind of help cue you in on uh, on styles and you know tips and things like that that you're going to have to incorporate with your shoot that you're not even aware of going into it so there's there's a lot involved um, in the whole getting published process that's a whole other story but there's just certain things that certain publications are looking for and other ones aren't so you have to kind of know sort of what the playing field is before you get involved in spending two to five to ten thousand dollars on a photo shoot so um, you've got to really do your homework. What should we steer clear of? Since that runs right along of what we're going to look for, what, what can we steer clear of? And then maybe we can uh, wrap this back around to uh, being published a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, I think just sort of defining on um, what types of shots do you need from a certain project? Um, there are some people that come to me, and what I mean by that is some people come to me and they're like, how many shots can you get in a day in a, you know, 8,000 square foot home? Like, okay, well, that's that's kind of a question you want to ask a real estate photographer because I don't work per room, you know, and, and I don't have that type of a um, shooting schedule when I shoot. So it's more about when I photograph a home, I pre-scout, always pre-scout a, a shoot if I can. If I'm not in the location, there's other ways around uh, me not being there to scout. I can help direct a scout from where I'm at to the designer and to get the images I need back for us to kind of go through and figure out what our shots are going to be from a certain project. This is great for a new designer. If you haven't worked with a photographer before is to walk through your project with a photographer and have them shoot any potential angle. You can do an iPhone. You can, I just handhold my camera and do really quick, like, okay, shoot here, shoot here. Shoot, you know, this might work. This might work. This might work in a room. And then we can evaluate them later. Um, look at a PDF of the images. And once you kind of see them laid out in front of you on a computer screen, they'll scream out to you like, oh my God, this is the best angle of the master bedroom. And we have to do this shot in the kitchen and we have to do this shot of the living room or these other ones really don't work. So let's not even worry about those angles. So you narrow it down to your top 10 to 15 to maybe 20 images that you want to accomplish in a day and develop a, a shooting schedule for the day and everybody can stay on the same sort of page and everybody knows what's going on. It really helps with styling ahead. Anyway. Are most photographers pretty receptive to you walking around with them ahead of time and just kind of being, okay, let's try this angle, let's try that angle. And if you get a photographer who is who isn't, is that something you should steer clear of? In this day and age, you know, if you're a photographer that doesn't scout for whatever reason, or you're like, okay, I'm going to charge you X amount of money if you're going to take my time to go scout this project, you know, I, I, I factored into my fee. So I want to do it. It helps me as a photographer get better results. Um, I would never do a commercial shoot for a client without scouting. They would never allow it. It's sort of par for the course. There's pre-pro meetings. There's a lot of discussion involved. People are investing a lot of time and money. Um, as a designer, you're, you're asking a homeowner to let you invade their home for a day or whatever. And you're spending a day off work to go do this, uh, maybe two, maybe three. Um, you're bringing extra people in to help. You might, you might be paying a stylist as well. So it's a big investment. And you know, to do as much prep work as you can before you walk in the front door on the shoot day, it's it's critical to the success of your photo shoot. So I've seen a lot of shoots just go bad based on the fact where a designer would would email me and say, okay, can we shoot next Wednesday at blah, blah, blah address? And I just show up at, you know, 830 in the morning or eight o'clock in the morning and never seen the house, never really met the designer. And I go in kind of blind and, you know, it takes takes me a little while to kind of get the feel of the house and know where I want to start and kind of explain my my flow through the day so everybody's on that page. But that, that's a waste of time, in my, my opinion, on a shoot day to kind of spend an hour doing that. 
that's definitely something that I would recommend that would be one of the deciding barometers. Does Will your photographer scout out ahead of time? And you mentioned real estate photography before. And I, a lot of designers that come to Wingnut Social or I see in the groups and stuff have real estate photographers. And we did this too, starting out. I think our first couple of photo shoots were real estate photographers because of the the um, the budget factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about the pros and cons of if you're an interior designer about going with a real estate estate photographer and you know the budget is a pro but i mean where can that cost you in the long run I and mean, you do get what you pay for if you get a photographer it's going to come out and scout that's going to cost you but it's going to totally show up and be worth it in the end product so what has your experience been when you're working with designers who've had real estate photographers before you know it's just one of these little band-aids you put on and you're like okay well i've got 250 bucks to spend on me hire a real estate guy to kind of run around and you know get me a few images of this project and you kind of just want to show it. You just want, you want images to show on your website or on social media. And so you just hire, you know, whoever can fit that. So Steven, I want to take you back just a step. And you said, you know, a designer called and said, Hey, uh, be here at eight o'clock on such and such a date. I want you to shoot this house. And you're like, okay, but then it takes you an hour or so to get a feel for the house. How do you feel if a designer knows that they want to use you, but they just don't have the time. You don't have the time to go to the site visit. If the designer actually walks through the home, shoots some shots with their iPhone and sends it to you, is that allowed? I mean, is that something that's better than nothing? Uh, it's, it's highly desirable for me, like as a photographer that I use a lot of lighting. Um, I use natural light. I use, I use strobes. I I like to know like how big a room is, what color is the ceiling, what color are the walls. Um, that helps give you a better feel for what you're walking into to where you're just not blind. Exactly. Exactly. It sort of helps me understand, like, do I need to bring more? Um, I use a lot of, um, I use a lot of silks. I use a lot of, um, fabric, black fabric to block light. I use a lot of things just to manipulate the natural light. And also, like I said, I use a lot of strobes to kind of add light where I need it. And if I can see what a room looks like, I'll kind of know my approach lighting wise, if I can get away with natural light or if I need to bring more gear. So it really helps from that point of view. But also, uh, depending on like the size and the layout of the room, um, I can kind of determine like how sort of involved I'm going to have to be per shot. So I can kind of say, you know, this, this house looks a little complicated. The rooms look really small. Um, it might be difficult for me to get in and out. We might all be in the same room at the same time, styling the shot as we're going, uh, moving lighting around, all that stuff. And it just, the smaller the room, the smaller the house sometimes adds more time per shot, which is kind of ironic because the bigger houses are easier to kind of move around. So I really need that, that information to sort of inform me you know, as the photographer coming in, like, what's the best approach for this house? And then I can tell you before we go into it, like, okay, this is what's going to happen. We're going to get probably this many shots done. What are the key shots you want to focus on first? Once we get those done, let's go to these secondary shots. Um, so it's all that information that I need from, from the designer is critical to making sure that at the end of the shoot, we've tried our hardest to get the shots that you're going to need you know, for your, for your portfolio. Now, when I walk into a house and I see something amazing, like, oh my gosh, that light that's hitting blah, 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 you know, over in the corner, I got to get that. I get inspired all the time. And so that's, that's where the artistic side pops in. And I'm like, I got to get that shot. It's going to take me five minutes. Boom. I got it. Um, But I'm also there for you, for the client. And I want to make sure the client gets what they want. So I don't, the last thing I want is a client to walk away from a shoot and say, you know, we really wasted our time. Um, we didn't get to the master bedroom or we didn't get this done and 
you know, we wasted too much time on this or that. And that sort of that feeling of that wasn't communicated well enough in advance, you know, put out those fires before they even happen. So we all leave happy. That's my goal. That makes perfect sense. And I think I kind of think in my mind, you might have answered this next question Darla has because she wants to talk a little bit about Go ahead, Darla. Oh, yeah. So I'm kind of obsessed and stuck on the real estate photographer thing. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I just want to make sure that the listeners understand what the basic difference is, right? What you bring to the table, a professional interior architecture photographer brings to the table versus a real estate photographer. Because, you know, a lot of people are listening to this and hearing photographer, photographer, potato, potato, you know. If you can um, explain just a bit about what to expect with the different professional and why going with someone who specializes for interior design and interiors is preferred. Okay. So there's three kind of different tracks of photography that you could end up finding a photographer in these three different genres that, that, that may work for you. One is a real estate photographer. One would be an architecture photographer and one's an interior photographer. And a lot of architecture photographers shoot interiors, but they may really want to focus more on what is the architecture of the room versus an interior photographer like myself that shoots for a lot of designers. I'm really kind of keyed into the to the fabrics, to the furniture, to the design aspect of it from the designer's point of view. So I'm cropping out ceilings, I'm cropping out walls, I'm cropping out all this other stuff that's not important. So the story to me is, I want to see a piece of this to a piece of that to this focal point in the back. And I want to make sure that the color on this fabric looks right and the light is coming across it. And I've got texture on this and, and this might be softer and this might be harder. And, you know, I'm going to add some light over here. I'm going to take away some light over here based on how I want your eye to travel through the photo, which is why when you open up a, a beautiful magazine, you know, you open up this spread and you're like, Oh, I want to be there. You know, I want to walk in that space. I want to live in that space. It doesn't look like that to your eye when you're there. You have to create it. And that's where a good interior photographer can bring out that drama in a room that doesn't necessarily exist in reality. So a real estate photographer is just going to shoot the room for what it is without any considerations for anything else. It's like, this is it. This is how it lives. This is how this is the, <laughs> this is the room. This is what you get when you buy a house. This real is the room. Click done. Yep. So there's just not a lot of need for that if you're trying to sell um, yourself as a, you know, your, the story of the house. So an architecture photographer, I, I know some that can, can do both really well. But like for me, as for an example, I know my limitations as an architecture photographer. So I don't call myself an architecture photographer at all. I can shoot architecture all day long, but it's just really not the way I see things. I see things more for, for the product, if that makes sense. So I'm, I'm, I'm more in tune with the furniture that's used and the, the styles and the the artwork and the lights and the light fixtures. And and I'm in tune with that. That's what I'm kind of aware of. That's my goal. And that's perfect. And that's what interior designers, I mean, 99 out of 100 of them need that specified type of photography as opposed, definitely as opposed to real estate, you know, but some of us, you know, in the beginning, we can only afford so much. Hey, Wingnuts, do you love doing your own social media, but you just don't have a sound strategy in place? Are you just throwing images at the wall hoping that they stick to your ideal client? Well then, Darla and I are super excited to tell you about our Wingnut Social Strategy Package. One of our expert social media specialists will help you discover your goals. 
analyze your current performance, build your customized social marketing plan, and coach you on the implementation. It's a tremendous value, and you can find out more by going to wingnutsocial/services or by giving us a call at one eight seven seven wingnut. Again, that's wingnutsocial.com/services or one eight seven seven wingnut. Now back to the show and the crazy. Obviously, you take some brilliant pictures and you take, you know, full room pictures, all the good stuff. How do you feel about the little vignettes that some of these designers need for social media? Well, he was just saying he's he's good at that. I know, but I mean, I know that he sees that. But how does that go within your day? I mean, your day is focused for the shot for the magazine for the shot for you're thinking magazine. I'm going to you know, she wants to be published, blah, blah, blah. Maybe, you know, possibly. How do you transition just a little bit into, okay, now I want to give the tiny little vignette some love is that a separate package for you is that included in your photo shoot or how do you work that well i i, I kind of approach it a couple of different ways i i realize now that you know a, a lot of projects it's really hard to show anything from a project that looks like something that's going to be if you're submitting it for a publication you can't show any of the work online so you're kind of limited but um if i do a really tight detail shot of something if it's just sort of the edge of a table or you know, it's a it's, it's 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 a tight shot of a group a grouping on a on a coffee table that's that looks great, and it kind of even shows a piece of the rug, a piece of the coffee table. You've got the books on there. You got it styled perfectly. You know, I can handhold a camera, walk around, and shoot a ton of little quick detail shots, and that's something that I offer to my designers when I walk around after I've got my main shot done or my main shots done in a room. I will walk around and shoot quick little handheld shots of what I think are interesting little tight little details. Now I'll also break down a room when I'm shooting it to determine if I need a big, let's say a living room, for example, in a living room, you might have, you might have the hero shot, which is from one spot. And then you're like, okay, well, this was my hero. And these are my two secondary shots. So I want to make sure I get this wide horizontal big impact shot that if it's submitted to a magazine, it's going to be a two page spread. It's going to tell the whole story of the room. You're going to see all of it in all its glory. Right. But then you're like, you know, this tight shot across this table, looking at this lamp on this blah, 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 whatever. That's a killer shot. Like that's what I consider like that's a cover shot. So we're going to go for that shot as well. And we're going to hit this other angle over here. And usually once the main room shot is lit and set up, the other ones are pretty easy to accomplish pretty quickly. Um, but it's all part of the pre-planning. We all kind of know that's coming next and that's coming next. And then I'll do these little handheld vignette shots, tight detail shots. Right. And the designers listening out there, that those are really super important. I mean, you can get months worth of social media content by making sure you do get those close-ups. And like I, I mentioned earlier, we had uh, Vanessa Helmick on the show, and she did. Um, I got a magazine cover with one of those tighter vignettes. So it doesn't always have to be, you know, that he- big hero two-page shot to get featured on the cover. I have a question for one of our de- from one of our designers that that said, you know, they think they have a, a handle on the framing because they can see how the shot should look, and they think they got the framing, but they're really uninformed on lenses. Uh, yeah, lenses, okay. <laughs> like on, I mean, lenses. You know, if they if if they are tight budgeted and they are, you and know, they want to do it themselves. They're just trying yeah. to do it themselves. You know, I mean, we I don't want to get really technical here because I know you can take the camera off a of manual and you can take it Calfa Auto and oh my all God, that good stop. stuff. I'm just simply saying, you know. 
as an overall, if they have their own camera and they're trying to just make those little social media posts without having, you know, if they only can, having, excuse me, if they can only afford to go ahead and and hire the real estate photographer, but yet they want to get those tight uh, little vignette shots that they can see in their head. Is there a particular type of lens that you would you would recommend that would cover that? Yeah, I, I think, you know, if you had something like a 24 to 70 zoom lens, which is really common, there's usually something in that range, 24 to 105, 24 to 70, 28 to 75, something in that range, or um, some of these smaller um, format cameras, it's more like an 18 to 55, if it's a smaller sensor size, because the numbers don't quite match up because of the sensor size. But Anything that's like a kit zoom lens that comes with your camera is a decent place to start. You don't need to go crazy. There's not like a one, there's not one lens that's the perfect focal length. There's a range. So I think a zoom lens will get you where you want to go. I think the main thing to consider when you're photographing a room, if you're a designer, is consider staying lower than you normally would with your camera angle. Try to keep it level and get further away from the furniture than you would normally be. So you want to back up a little bit further away because you want to kind of compress the space a little bit and you don't want anything in the foreground to look too distorted. And that's usually the the fear of the wide angle lens, which a lot of people are like, don't use a wide angle lens, you know? It just depends on how close you are to the objects you're photographing. Yeah, if you're really close to something and you have a wide angle lens, it's going to distort whatever's closest to the lens. But if you back up a little bit and zoom in a little bit, you're fine. I hope that helps. And when you say get lower than normal, what do you what do you mean? Like shoot from like what would your the height you would recommend like thirty six inches kind of low or most people walk around and they take pictures from their standing height. That's where I would say ninety nine percent of the people yeah. would take pictures from. A good rule of thumb, I think, if you're going to photograph a room, is to take it from a seated height. So if you, if you look at a room from a chair, if you if you walk into the middle, you walk, go into any room of your house, sit down in a chair and look around. That is a pretty decent height for a camera to be. If you're higher than that, you're going to start running into problems. If you're lower than that, you may have problems too. So I always tell people the seated height is a good height, kind of waist level, belly button level, whatever. That's usually about seat height. So that might be a good rule of thumb just to consider when you're taking pictures of a room, just to change your angle a little bit. That's that's actually a really great tip. And what do you recommend as far as lighting? Because natural lighting and, and taking advantage of that requires you to take in the, you know, the right time. But if you don't have the right equipment, that's not going to play out really well. So Yeah, it's taken me about 30 years to figure out lighting. So I can't get into it too, too much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there are some tricks. T- turn off a lot of the practical lights. So turn off the can lights are the worst. Turn off can lights. Turn off spotlights. Try to use the natural light as much as possible. You know, what consistent. So your room and everything will start looking right. So when you have your lights on, if you have a can light on, or if you have a spotlight on, it's going to look orange. It's because it's different color temperature than the natural light that's coming in the room. But when you kill all those, and you take a picture with just the natural light, everything's going to look better just regardless. So start, start there and turn the lights off. Yeah, and that's that's really basic advice. Of course, ideally, you want to be able to hire someone that has the training with the lighting and stuff. But if you're just starting out, maybe you think you could do a little bit better than a hero, big hero shot from a real estate photographer. I'm obsessed. Can't you tell? Um, <laughs> these, these are some... Well, yeah. shoot verticals, too. You know, I think, uh, you know, real estate photography, they're, they only shoot horizontal. And a lot of people shoot wide horizontals because they look good on a web page. But on Instagram, it's four by five vertical is sort of the, the king. So... 
what's going to appeal more to you or to your client base? Are they seeing you more on Instagram? Or are they looking at are a lot of people looking at your website? Probably more people see you on Instagram, they're going to look at your website. So probably and don't forget Pinterest too. Pinterest too. Yeah. You know, when you read a magazine, vertical is still king. I mean, to print a horizontal in a magazine, it's going to take up two pages if they want to run it and it's, you know, full size, but <gasps> Good um, otherwise they're going to chop it up on a page. It's going to look too small. So vertical is always sort of the preferred way to shoot. If you're looking for a more impactful photograph for an interior, it's just going to help you kind of eliminate some of the, some of the mess. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I learned something new. I thought I figured for magazines and for publishing, it would be more on the um, the horizontal. I didn't know vertical was. No, they need they need oh, they need horizontal. You're, you're talking to a pro, Darla. I know this is. They the need pro. horizontals. They do. They need horizontals. They so do. don't don't neglect shooting horizontals in different rooms. But I'm just saying, just as a rule of thumb, I think a vertical is going to get you further if you're doing it yourself. If you're looking for things to post on social media, I would, I would try to stay more vertical, but try to shoot things both ways. And also, you know, with an iPhone, I mean, I've got the new 10S and the camera on it's ridiculous. And I mean, I can zoom in on that thing and the clarity is just sick. So how do you think I get such good Instagram story pictures? (laughs) I am the queen of this phone and taking those pictures. It's awesome. They're legit. They're legit. You can use them for anything now. So well, we had a guest on who, um, Linda Holt, who says she takes uh, iPhone pictures for her portfolio. So, I mean, she's pretty good at them. And, oh, this was, I had one last question for you before we head up into the fire round was, oh, okay, no. so just just picking up a little bit on, I know, oh, no, no dread, no dread. It's all fun. On the DIY part of photo shooting for some of the photography photo shooting, listen to me, I was born in a barn. Are there any apps or editing apps or anything that are pretty handy dandy and user friendly that you could recommend for any of the designers listening that would help them with some of the, maybe if they have a white balance issue or light issue or? Well, I, if you're using an iPhone, I don't have Android, but if you're using an iPhone, the editing um, tools within the photos is, is actually really good. And I use a free app called Snapseed, which is great. Um, there's a lot of power in Snapseed and you can kind of define, you can kind of create your own look in Snapseed, which is cool and it'll save it. So you can, if you're trying to have a consistency to your photos, you can kind of make your own little recipe, your own little style and save it in there. And so whenever you import a new photo in, you just apply that look that you put on the last photo and it'll just keep going. So that way, when you're posting to social media, your photos all have a similar look to them. Don't just go and throw like a green tint on everything and then and then have like a red tint on, you know, and then have something that, that's desaturated and something that's too saturated. You got to really kind of keep things somewhat consistent. You have to kind of find your sweet spot and stay there. No, I agree. And we just had Kate O'Hara on the podcast too. And that was one of her big tips was for your feed to be cohesive is to have a similar mm-hmm. white balance, you know, throughout. So, you know, that yes. temperature just to have that kind of jive. So your eye just kind of lovingly gropes up your page. <laughs> <laughs> what that sounded creepy, Darla. Well, it's been a long day. It has been. It helps. Yeah. It helps to kind of edit it before you get into light, into um, Instagram too. I would, I would definitely try to get it get it looking great before you put it in there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Stephen Carlish, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut Round? Oh, man. Let's keep asking me more questions. <laughs> no, no, this is the fun part. This, this is the, is this is the most important part of the show. Don't you know oh, she's no. like a complete nerd? Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. All right, Stephen Carlish, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? All right, I've, I've put some thought into this and... Um, if I could be any tree in the world, I'd be a palm tree. And the reason reason being is whenever I'm thinking of a, 
you know, an escape or anything. I'm thinking of getting to the beach or getting, you know, to warm weather or something, you know, vacation. I'm always thinking of palm trees and I always photograph palm trees when I'm on vacation. It's kind of like I have this obsession with photographing palm trees and it's always been there. So I think I'd be a palm tree. I want to just kind of end up on a beach somewhere. I love that. I feel relaxed. Or our yard. Or our yard, yes. What would I know. Heck- I, hear, I hear you have 150 in your yard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or more. I, I, I lost count and I can't count that high, so I quit. Yeah, no, she, yeah, she, she ran out of fingers and toes. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Oh, man. Okay. Got me thinking ahead. Um, I would have to say, <laughs> this may be a little cheesy. I'm sure they're all cheesy, but I would say um, hashtag died trying. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, I guess that just means I don't think I ever see like an end to me working. And I think there's this sort of inevitable that I will just keep trudging, trudging along till the end trying awesome if you could have only one superhero power what would it be and why i think it'd be to fly you know my 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 dad was a pilot so he got to fly oh cool i love that was he in the military or he was in the navy Mm -hmm. oh nice so he flew did he fly like the serious jets the tomcat no no he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't tom cruise but um (laughs) (laughs) no no but he was he was in the military for he was a lifer in the navy Anyway, got to got to kind of grow up around airplanes. Ah, cool. cool. And a lot of different cool locations around the world and um, see some pretty cool stuff. So I've just always loved to kind of be able to get up and get away. And I think whenever I watch a superhero jump and fly, it's like, okay, like who doesn't want that power? <laughs> Come on. Last but not least, what book has had the biggest impact on you either professionally or personally? Ah, you know, I was stuck in a rut for for quite a while. And um, I think we all kind of get creatively stuck in a rut. So I think as a, as a photographer, there's always sort of like longing to do more. And um, there was this really simple book called Do the Work by um, Stephen Pressfield. And it's it's a really short read. And I read it in one night, was just so fired up after reading it that it just kind of it, it just kind of picks you up and kind of kicks you in the ass. And it just gets you motivated to just get back to work. So that would probably be m- one of my um, my big motivating books. I'm I'm really into like just self motivation things right now in my career. <laughs> I love that too. In fact, I just added it to my audible dot com queue. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, go on a long go on a long go on a long walk and listen to it. Yeah, I, that's a good idea. We, she does walk five miles when she walks, so sometimes. she could accomplish that. Yeah, I could listen to it. Sure, why not? Stephen, please tell the wingnuts where they can find you if they want to hire you. You did say you travel, and you definitely have the keen eye for the interior photography. Where can they find you and hire you, should they so desire? Now that I can fly. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. So coming to a town near you soon. <laughs> um, I'm, uh, I'm based in Dallas, Texas, but I do travel all over the United States, and um my website is uh, stephencarlish.com, and um, it's with a PH, and Carlish is, is German, and it's K-A-R-L-I-S-C-H.com, and Instagram is, uh, you can just Google Stephen Carlish photo, or search Stephen Carlish photo, anyway. Stunning, by the way. Your work is gorgeous. Really, really pretty. Well, thank you. Thank Guys, you. You, we'll, if, we'll... You, you could do a whole hell of a lot worse. 
<laughs> I'm telling you, plus, yeah, I mean, we didn't really get a chance to go into this, but he also knows the ins and outs of, uh, you know, the magazine thing and getting published. So we'll just, we'll just leave them a teaser at that. So they look they it up online. They have to call you. Call yes, you. they have yeah. to call you. We're going to tease them with that. And then your phone's going to ring off the hook. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining. Before you sign off. Sure. You know, when it comes down to it, I think as a designer, there's the world of photography just keeps getting better, better, better. So there are probably hundreds of photographers in whatever town you're in or city you're in, that would be perfect for you. And just do your due diligence and do some research and find find a good fit and find somebody that you can work with and consider them as like part of your team. Like you're hiring like another employee. This person could be there with you for 10 or 15 years. So I love it. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us again and enduring the wingnuts after the technical snafu. We really appreciate your patience and coming on the show. Hey, I'm, if we want to do this every month, I'm fine. So just back every month. We'll excellent, excellent. We might have some more questions. Don't, don't, don't give us that option. Send me some messages. I'll, I'll answer any questions that come in. Thank you so much. Natalie, I feel like a professional photographer now. I'm armed with knowledge, and I'm really not. <laughs> well, I don't really feel like the professional in my professional opinion. 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 Yeah. yeah opinion. Yeah. Speak much? No, I think you should call Stephen. Yeah, I think or somebody, anybody. <laughs> yeah, somebody. He even said, even in your hometown, there's probably a photographer out there that'll work for you. You just do your due diligence and do your research. But in when we were chatting while his audio was uploading, we did learn a little bit. We've already used this app, but uh, Lightroom. Lightroom, yeah, we use it. It's a, an Adobe Suite feature, Lightroom. So, but did you remember the little tiny point he told you? About? Yeah, he gave us a little tip. He said if you can upload your photos in a raw file, as and opposed, it's a, it's a setting on the camera. Yeah, well, most people who are going to do this know uh, that, but still, it is a setting on your camera as opposed to saving it as a JPEG, save it as a raw file. You can still shoot auto, you know, but save them as a raw file. It does take up more space on your, your memory card, but Adobe Lightroom plays better with raw files. You have much more flexibility with features and what you can do. And I know we've recommended Lightroom before. Some of you may have taken us up on that. And um, that's just a little tip there that we were picking his brain while um, the main interview was uploading. And now we're doing this. And as far as lighting tips, he said it took him 30 years to uh, accomplish those lighting <laughs> tips that that would not really be something that he could explain in a uh, an hour podcast. Yeah, that was a question that our, our good beef fry Jerry Cerruti had. She's like, can you, I always have so much trouble with lighting. We did cover some of it, but it's lighting is a bugaboo, man. Really, I mean, the last time we had uh, Robin Hill out for a photo shoot, I mean, we he was there. We day, shot twice. Yeah, day to night, just trying to figure out that lighting situation. It's something that takes a lot of years of training, a keen eye. So, call Stephen. Trial and error. Do it yourself if you can. Hopefully, we've given you some tips there to help sharpen up your photo skills. But truthfully, if it's not in your wheelhouse, if it's not in your scope of genius, you know, Darla's philosophy. Hire that out. <laughs> That's right. Stephen yeah. did say mm -hmm. if anybody had any questions, he'd be happy to answer. So mm -hmm. if you have any questions for Stephen, please email us at info at wingnutsocial.com. And you can also find us at all the social channels at wingnutsocial.com. And Stephen did say he loves talking about this stuff. So, um, you know, all his website and everything, he did give us his website, but that's going to be in the show notes. And I'm sure he has a contact page there or some way to get in contact with him, shoot him some questions. And I'm sure he'd be thrilled to talk about it because he's passionate about the subject. And he's seriously, look at his work. Stunning. Really super awesome. Good. And now it is time for me to get in the pool to take pictures of palm trees and send them to him just to make him jealous. You're not nice. It's six o'clock. I'm not nice after I six. I know. All right. It's time for the pool. I think that's it for this week, guys. So long. See ya. Hey, 
You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only your first step. Be sure to head to wingnutsocial.com to reach out to us directly and schedule your free consultation with one of our Wingnut Social Media Specialists to take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. Yes, um. Uh, yes, um. That's what that's what I want. Respect. R E S P E C T. Um. Okay. All right, there. Let's do it. Okay, everybody, ready? Yes, ready. I did my Are power you recording, stance. Darla? I've been recording. Yeah. Got Dude, it. Get your Wonder Woman stance. Oh wait, the Wonder Man stance. The Wonder, there really how about is Superman. There is a Wonder Man. DC Comics has a Wonder Man. Believe it or not, mm-hmm, they do. Okay, you're a nerd. Go. I am. Okay, ready? I bet Radar probably thinks it's Ruru Roo time. Roo Roo Roo. Time for the outro.